Approximately 460,000 student-athletes are playing intercollegiate sports around the country, according to the NCAA. Daniel Eisenberg, an associate professor at the University of Michigan School of Public Health, who has done a study about mental health of student-athletes, found that about one in three Michigan athletes deal with anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. Of those, only about one in ten ever sought help. Some might say these issues are a part of normal human life. Many people have dealt with mental issues at some point, some more than others, of course. Experts believe that unfair expectations placed on these young athletes only feed into the issues some deal with. Alicia Tran, an assistant professor at Arizona State University who researches ethnic minority psychology and has a specialized focus on student-athlete mental health, talked about how crazy the attention of young athletes has gotten of late. I am so struck by the level of ce celebrity around student athletes. Right. Yeah. Are you thinking that too? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, their lives are in such a spotlight nowadays yeah. when I'm sure half of them don't want that. They just want to go and play the yeah. game. But instead, every single move that they make is like analyzed yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. I can't imagine. So I picture myself when I was 18. Um, I can't imagine walking into a space where there are tens of thousands of people and they have huge cardboard cutouts of my head. That's mm -hmm. amazing to me. And that you are—you might have to do um, interviews with reporters afterwards. Can, can you picture that? However, some athletes don't get the same attention as others. TJ Verneri, a former University of Connecticut football player, did not have the cardboard cutouts as others might have. Out of high school, I was not recruited or anything. And my dream was to play college football, you know, because I always wanted to coach, you know, there, all the possibilities of playing and expanding your career beyond college were exciting to me. So you have that, and plus I knew it would be a ton of fun. So uh, I wasn't recruited or anything out of high school, which was unfortunate. So I applied to schools as a regular student. Even when TJ got to college, he was still not on the team officially. He was a manager on the sidelines just watching the guys practice watching the guys during games, and I knew how talented I was what I was capable of. So I still stayed in shape because I said to myself, if there's going to be an opportunity, at some point in time, I don't know where, when, or how, I have to be ready for it. Then something happened that totally changed his outlook on fulfilling his dream of playing football. Our best player of, our best player was Noel Thomas that year, and he's, he was on the Detroit Lions. He's in the Canadian Football League right now, personal friend of mine, and he came up to me after the workout and he said you know tj if you if you want uh, if you want to do this like you can do it and he, he said to me i had talent and i said wow like here's the best the best player in the team and he's telling me the guy that's not even affiliated with anything uh, football playing wise that i have skills so i ended up making the team that spring through trial and tribul uh, tribulations i finally got back to playing the game so i played uh my fall of my first year freshman year was great, healthy, completely fine. I was excited because I said my, my next goal was to earn a scholarship. As you may know, life is full of positives and negatives. Some negatives are easier to get over than others. For TJ, however, these hurdles turned out to be injuries. The first injury he suffered was a stress fracture in his right tibia. I missed all spring, uh, spring football. It was an overtraining injury. Um, so it was a 17-week rehab, uh, summer and summer came around, came for summer workouts, finished my rehab, and I was excited because I said, you know, 
the injury didn't set me back as bad as I thought it would depth chart was. Even when he got back from injury, another obstacle had to be hurdled for TJ. In the second practice, we are doing one-on-ones around a slant, and I extend my arm to catch the ball, and the DB pulls it and twists it. So then after that, and at that moment, I'm like, I'm like, okay, maybe I dislocated my shoulder. I was in obviously agonizing pain, but the thing with that was the trainers were coming up to me and said, no, go away, go away. And it wasn't because of, I wasn't saying go away because of the pain, to fight through pain. I was saying go away because if this is bad, then I'm going to miss more time. And I had already gone through a 17-week rehab process of just to get back here. It turned out to be a broken left shoulder blade, or scapula in official medical terms. And with a scapula, it's only 1% of all recorded fractures. It's only seen in car accidents and uh, skiing accidents most of the time. He persevered through the second injury only to deal with another injury again. After, the, after my third injury, which was a... Uh, fracture in my right fibula so it's related to the first leg injury so there's obviously something up my right leg uh so i did you know and they said to me they said if there's something wrong with this we got to think about you know other opportunities like other things outside of football maybe moving you on because you can't sustain a career with all of these injuries and i said to myself i was at the time i was like okay like, i'm gonna be fine i'm gonna be fine turned out the injury was worse than we thought all over again Coach calls me in. He tells me he wanted, be, wanted me to transition into an uh, assistant coach. He, thought, he knew I wanted to coach. He knew this would help me out in the future. So I thought about it. I ended up taking it. Mental health comes in many different forms and comes from different situations, from unfair expectations to injury. Gabe Borland is the director of sports performance at Grand Canyon University. He oversees sports performance, or in other words, the strength and conditioning for the athletic department especially the basketball program. There he deals with athletes struggling with mental distress or coming back from injury. I, I use the word catastrophic if it involves surgery, that you're gonna be gone for a while. Um, sometimes places use catastrophic as, as it, your health is at risk and things like that, or it ends your playing career. Um, if, but if there's a certain surgery and it takes months to return, that's, that's hard. I mean, you're, a lot of times you get separated from the team, you're not on the field or the court. And so what we have here at the university is uh, we have uh, Dr. Deb Wade, who's uh, vice president in athletics, that she serves as our sports psychologist for the athletic department. If you've been injured and, and you're coming back, it could be something that, you know, who knows, you could be waiting, thinking it's going to happen again, or those types of thoughts that can creep in when you're rehabbing in a way that we want to make sure that we get out in the open and Dr. Deb being a professional who's worked in professional football at big universities. She's had plenty of experience in it that, you know, we know that these things happen. Gabe Borland also stated that by being in the business for as long as he has, he now can evaluate athletes he works with a lot easier than before. But just by nature of us interacting so often and then the close relationships we have, we're always evaluating those in general. Um, somebody might be having a bad day, just they got a lot on their plate, they're academically have a lot of things going on performance wise they're struggling and you know after you do this for a while you can you know you just start reading people and, and reading personalities as soon as you get to know them and you know when something's off with the unfortunate deaths of former washington state quarterback tyler helinski and university of pennsylvania runner madison holleran there is one question that still needs to be answered 
is enough being done to help these student athletes? Really starting to formalize our responses to this mental health need and, and urgency around student athlete mental health. And so I do think that a lot is being done. I think that it's great that the that um, these guidelines put the profile and put the spotlight on student athlete mental health. I think that we still have a long way to go. Um, I think the big thing is that a lot of mental health among student athletes and in general in the general population, a lot of it is masked and a lot of it, um, you know, gets just put to the side because, you know, there's either people are busy or it's um, something that's stigmatized. People don't feel comfortable talking about it. I know we're doing a lot here as much as we can. Are other places doing that enough? I don't know. It's, it's kind of a scary thing to say that because just nowadays you just see things on the news every day and you're like, man, could have that even been prevented? There still might be more that needs to be done when it comes to protecting these student athletes. But in order to find the solution, we need to end the stigma around mental health. Finding that solution, however, is no easy task. So we're starting to get some high profile athletes who are really becoming more vocal. DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Love and stuff. Yeah. They just came out with like them talking about their depression and anxiety. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Zach Granke here yeah. more locally. I think that that's great leadership and it's scary and I think it's hard and I think there are a lot of incentives not to do that but I think that the uh, the benefit to young athletes and current athletes and, and even probably retired athletes is really, really important. So I think that when we normalize these things and not necessarily um, say it's okay to suffer, say it's okay that you are and it's okay that you get help. It gives, it gives people a little bit more of a realistic view that saying, making, making people aware that what they're feeling or what the things they're experiencing is not weird. It's not odd. It, it's not abnormal that, you know, if you feel like you're, you know, self-esteem issues and things like that and all you see are those people and you think that your favorite athlete is not having those things that when those guys come out and say that i think it for the people that ha really truly have that those same sort of issues i think it for them it's like wow I, that's i say that's me that i have that it, it kind of gives them a, a a an ability to kind of accept it and realize that, that they are not an outlier because of it so to be open and to have to keep the conversation going to make it a conversation if there's somebody that's having an issue is the only way that we can reverse the whole stereotype the stigma whatever the word is you want a, a label to call it you might be wondering what happened to tj after the final injury well things worked out in the best way they possibly could so playing is playing is over now i have fully transitioned into coaching I'm the wide receivers coach at Lions Coleman College. It's Division Three school in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. I love it. I love the people I work with. I'm so excited about getting to work with these guys and then seeing you know, where my coaching career takes me. The issue of mental health will always be present. No matter who it is, where it is, why it's happening, and when it happens, the more conversation about it there is, the more we will know about it and how to treat it. There is help out there for people who need it. For Cronkite Sports, I am Jacob Lev.